In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's tempting to encapsulate the message of the readings today with the the simple reminder, forgive as you've been forgiven. Or even to repeat the words that we will profess when we pray the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. But the, the message that our Lord is giving us goes a good bit deeper than that. We do need to be reminded to forgive. And we should ponder what it means to have been forgiven. Sirach, we're reading from chapters 27 and 28 this morning, gives us a good reminder about mercy, letting go of anger, overlooking faults, being willing to forgive. It provides the incentive that the sinner will never enjoy peace, will never be able to be healed if they cling to anger and wrath. As Christians living in a culture that for many generations and centuries has not been Christian deliberately anymore, it would be very easy for us to hear these words and not pay attention to them and think that we're we're being given the same message that a typical therapist would give us these days, which is be at peace, rearrange your thoughts or your, your, your relations so that you have inner peace. That's the goal. Not, not goodness, not virtue, but just peace, interior peace. That's the goal of modern therapy. Peace isn't a good thing. Peace is good when it's that pleasurable experience of the harmony of things being as they ought to be. So let's consider the, a, a good distinction between what forgiving is and what forgiving is not. Forgiving is not imposing a designation of forgiveness to other people. We can't decide unilaterally that person is now a forgiven person. In the same way that we don't receive forgiveness from God until we repent. God wants us to receive forgiveness. He wants us to accept his forgiveness. But we're not forgiven until we repent. Likewise, we can't decide simply to be resolved of this whole matter by simply deciding on my own, that person is simply forgiven. Even though they're not sorry, even though they're still doing what they were doing, or even if they're not doing anymore what they were doing, they haven't repented of it, which means basically they'd still be willing to do it if they had the chance to do it. The fundamental difference is that we forgive as an act of love. We don't forgive as an act of self-preservation. We forgive out of charity for that person rather than primarily for the sake of my benefit so that I don't have any turmoil anymore. There's something that modern therapists would encourage you to do, which I would encourage you to 
simulate. A modern therapist would tell you, you have to decide to forgive that person from your heart. The only distinction I would make is because this needs to be an act of love, not simply an act of self-preservation. Decide to be willing to forgive that person. Many of the benefits of actually forgiving them and their receiving forgiveness will come to your heart. Decide to be willing to forgive that person who still hasn't repented. Decide to be willing to forgive that person who's still doing what they were doing. In the long run, actually, it does afford you an escape from an inevitable torture. Because when you decide for your own inner peace to just forgive that person, 99 times out of 100, you will still be haunted by that. You will have flashes of anger that will make you feel guilty. Which is something you shouldn't have to suffer. Because until they repent, it's as though it's still happening. The wound is still open. They're basically still doing it to you. And you should be angry from time to time. You're not guilty for feeling that anger. We are guilty for being unwilling to forgive. So we must be willing to forgive that person. We will still be suffering from it somewhat. But we will have the experience of the presence of God, which will give us peace and hope even while we continue to suffer to one degree or another. That disposition of your soul to another person is real charity. I want that person to be well. I want them to repent of this sin. I want them to stop it. I love them. I even love them now while they are sinful. I want that to be over. I will only be able to be fully happy when they are well. Consider today's gospel. It's very familiar. If we read it in too cursory a fashion, we might fall into thinking that it's a strange contrast to other parables. In the other parable that might seem familiar, you have the master who has debts owed him and the very clever servant decides to uh, lie and tell people, what do you owe my master? Okay, rewrite it for half, rewrite it for a third, rewrite it for a quarter. And he's praised. What? Obviously, we're talking about parables here, but why is that in that parable, that guy's the hero and this guy's the scoundrel? We need to remember, we can, we can stretch metaphors a little bit too far, but let's treat this with what is given us by our Lord, the sacred teacher. Even if this servant whose huge debt had been forgiven was thinking, I need to pay that back still. I need to get from people who owe me the money that they owe me because I intend 
to remunerate my great servant, who, my great master, who forgave me this great debt. Doesn't matter. It doesn't enter into it. He still isn't praiseworthy at that point. He was given an act of love. He was treated with charity. He wasn't simply given a personal benefit. He wasn't, give, he wasn't made the, the beneficiary of some advantageous business decision. No, he was treated with love. And how was that act of love precipitated? He did homage to his master. Was that genuine? Or was that just to extract uh, a, a mental slip? And so how then does he treat the one who owes him? Does he regard in any manner the, the homage that's given him? Does, does he treat with charity the person who is approaching him the same way that he approached his master? All of this is being approached from the vantage point of his own personal advantage. What is he going to get out of this? This is totally separate from the world of, of active charity, whether it be active homage to our master or being recipients of the love of someone whose love we can't demand. That's told, this is, he is not in that world. He's not thinking like that. He's not acting like that. This is all for his personal advantage. Getting forgiveness and not giving forgiveness is all about him. And so the lesson runs deeper than simply forgive because you've been forgiven. It means when you receive forgiveness, you have been, you have been loved. You have been touched by divine charity. And if you, if you really received that, it changed you. We do well to remember that when we approach our Lord being repentant, we don't go to him asking for justice. We don't go to the Lord and, and know, all right, I'm sorry, maybe not perfectly sorry, but I'm sorry enough to be forgiven. Therefore, I'm going to get what I deserve. Instead of remembering that the only way that I'm able to be forgiven is because Christ offers up in his body what I owe for my sins. When we are absolved by God, we aren't just simply designated as not guilty anymore. We're forgiven, we're healed. To the degree that we are open to his grace, a healing is more effective. We're not just simply exonerated. We are restored. And that's possible because Christ offers up the price that we owe. 
Moreover, that movement in your heart to be sorry for your sins, that's not just your own action, that's the work of the Holy Spirit in you. We should be grateful, not only that we recognize our sins because of the functioning of our memory, we need to be grateful that we're sorry for our sins. That's that's a gift from God. Remember the sin of presumption against God's mercy, continuing cynically in a sin, knowing that, well, I can still go to confession when this is all over. That sets us up for a terrible end because at one point, that soul will not be sorry anymore for that sin. Because they've closed themselves off to receiving and benefiting and being changed by God's grace. Not everyone that was touched by Christ was healed. Those who had faith and love were. So yes, forgive because you've been forgiven. Love because you've been loved. Give thanks to God, not just for having sin removed from you. Have great gratitude in your heart. that you're able to approach him, that you know you can approach him, and that you desire to approach him. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.